Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbshit. And you're listening to Crash, Crash on, on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. Well, hey, guys. This week, Will and I are out of town. We're having a fun time, but we still want you guys to have a fun time. So, we prepared this best of episode for you. So, our first segment today is... is weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. It's the Weekly Idiot. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, tell us who's stupid today, Will, other than me. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Okay. So, um, popular rapper Bob, or B-O-B. Is it B-O-B <laughs> or is it Bob? I say B-O-B because there are periods in between each letter. So I'm assuming that you're supposed to call him B-O-B. Also, calling him Bob makes him feel like not a rapper. Yeah, just Bob. Bob. Well, also because I think of Bob the drag queen. But anyways, keep going. That's true. I think of Bob from Twin Peaks. Oh. Ew. <laughs> um, so... B.O.B. is a rapper. You might know him from his hit single with Hayley Williams. And in the airplane. He's in the, the nice guy. Like shooting, shooting stars. Um, popular song about 25 years ago. <laughs> um, what if it actually was 25 years I, ago? I don't know what he's been doing since then. Apparently trying to... But I do know now. Uh, basically popular rapper B.O.B. claims that the world is flat. Good. And he's going to try and find some money to prove it. Okay. So he's been quite outspoken about this in the past. Why? You know. Uh, did the article say, like, where his, like, why he feels so strongly about it? Um, you know what? Let me let me get some facts for you. Let me get some facts okay. for you. Also, where is it, what website is this article from? This isn't from a specific article currently. This is from a GoFundMe page, which is where he's trying to find money in order to do the research to prove that the world is flat. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, it's kind of the same with any, like, flat-earth person. They kind of just throw out a number of really elaborate... Reasons. Reasons. But it doesn't... But realistically, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter if the Earth is flat or so, if it's round, even though it's obviously round? Well, here's the thing. So I found a Guardian article from the 26th of January 2016. He's still trying and, to... And then he was talking about the flat-earth thing. Really? Yeah. I feel like I remember him being in the news for being a flat earther. So this is what he said. No matter how high in elevation you are, the horizon is always eye level. Sorry, cadets. I didn't want to believe it either. How stupid are you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry if any of our listeners believe in flat earth stuff, but no, I'm not. Because you have to be really dumb to he believe like, that's true. And he posted a picture of like, the seeds in the background are approximately 16 miles apart. Where's the curve? Please explain this. Does he not understand how large the Earth is? Like, does he really expect to, like, run really fast and, like, suddenly feel the curvature of the, like, Earth underneath him? He shut down any and all attempts from followers to question his evidence, turning their questions about his theories back on them. When one user asked how no edge of the Earth had been discovered, if it were indeed flat, Bob responded, have you been to the edge, or is that what your science book told you? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Now I'm going to call him Bob because he deserves to be called Bob. Um, <laughs> Bob, uh, have you been to the edge of the earth? Yeah. Because I don't think you have because the edge of the earth doesn't exist, you dummy numbnut. Neil deGrasse Tyson's like chiming on Twitter and like having this debate with him. Oh. All you can do is sigh. So anyway, cut to last 
week, I think, last two weeks, he has made a GoFundMe to prove that the world is, in fact, flat. Do you think he's just trolling and he's just, like, going to keep the money? Well, he's looking for a million dollars. I don't know why you would need that amount of money to prove you, that the world is flat. Well, you don't because it's not going to happen because the world isn't flat. So, <laughs> apparently, it's to launch multiple weather balloons and satellites into space for experimental exploration. Bob has donated 1K to the cause to get it going and will be keeping you updated with a step-by-step documentation of the process. Is he really only donating... He's only donating $1,000 to his own cause. Yeah, well, you know what the terrifying thing is? What? In 18 days... Actually, this is kind of bad. In 18 days, he's raised $6,000, which is still upsetting when you think about it because that's uh, 199 people that have donated money to proving that the world's flat. But you know what? You know what? Actually, here I'm going to spin this. Ready for my spinning? If if all the flat earthers that really did believe that this was like a conspiracy theory that people should be buying into donated money, all dozen of those people <laughs> decided that was a good idea. Um, I don't I don't see what's wrong with that. It's like you know what? If you want to spend your money in a really stupid way, go for it. If you want to pay to be proven wrong. Have fun. Because that's the thing. If he ultimately made the goal of a million dollars, which he will not, but even if he did, all he's going to do is have a bunch of weather balloons flown up that will then prove without a shadow of a doubt that the world is fucking round. How do you even get that mixed up? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, fine. Yeah. If you want to be a dummy, dum dum, and like, you know, pay money to that cause, sure, you're literally paying to have money thrown back in your face. I, I suppose the big thing he's looking for, and this is kind of his like, was <laughs> like his campaign speech, is he keeps know. saying, "I'm looking for the curve. Show me the curve." I'm so, looking for the curve. Show, show me, me the, the curve. curve. Where's the curve? He can't see the curve. That's the big. That's the big thing. But what does he think? I've always. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, have you been on the? Have you been on the plane? Bob? Uh, have you been have you, in the air? Have you been in? Have you been on a plane, Bob? It doesn't disprove his theory, though. But it does, just because there's a whole like operating a plane. You have to you have to operate in a certain way that that pays mind to the curvature of the Earth. Like the entire every satellite, everything that is orbiting Earth is constantly having to like have some sort of algorithm that keeps it in line with the curvature of the Earth. So like, why would we need any of that stuff if the if the Earth was just flat? I don't know. Uh, These are all big questions. But you know what? Like, if you're going to try and debate with him, he's just going to... Be stupid back. Be, be annoying back. Like, he's one of those people that, like... Like, I'll pretend to be Bob and you can pretend to be a person that actually, you know, believes in science. Okay. So, hi, my name's um, Garden Hose, and I... Hi, Bob. And I believe that the Earth is round. Okay, I believe the Earth's flat and you're wrong, so... Why am I wrong? Suck a dick. Is that uh, really... He's just going to go suck a dick? Yeah. <laughs> That's what he'll say. Oh, that's rude. First of all, Bob. Okay. And I'll suck a dick if I want to, not because you're telling me to. Okay. And also, you're wrong again. I'm not wrong. The world is flat. You don't know that, and neither do I, so I'm going to assume it's flat. Right. So your assumption is more important than my assumption. All of those satellite pictures. Yeah. You know, the, the, the hundreds of satellite pictures we have. Right. The thousands of, of pictures. Yeah. Yeah, they're all fake. None of them are real. Why, why aren't they real, Bob? Because they're trying to hide the fact that the world's flat. Why? I don't know. You need to ask the government about that. See, that's where, it, that's where it falls apart for me. Why the fuck does the government give a shit if the Earth is flat or not? I don't know. I don't know. 
<laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep keep asking those questions, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. So anyway, I don't think we're gonna get anywhere with this, but regardless, I, Bob. I, uh, he's a dummy. He's a, he's the, the weekly new, idiot. Newly titled Bob. Bob is the weekly idiot. Yeah. But also, like, I just part of me feels like he's doing this because he's so irrelevant now that he has nothing left to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't normally I don't throw that around very lightly because I don't I think like the concept of being irrelevant is stupid because there are many talented people that just kind of like hang back in the wings. And are really talented on their own. They don't need, like, worldwide recognition to be, like, important. Mm. But at the same time, he's the type of guy who is maybe, like, talented. I don't... I never really liked his music, so I don't really know what the dealio was with him. If he came out of an album just about Flat Earth Theories... I'd listen to it. I'd listen to it. Yeah, no, I'd listen to it for sure. Yeah. I might even get down to it. I would. I mean... Don't get he should release too low like to the ground. He should really <laughs> He should release yeah. like a trap a trap music song like this big huge kind of club banger just about how the world's flat. Yeah. And but like make it really subtle. So like it'll be like boom da da ba boom ba da 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 earth is flat. Do ba do ba da da. Yeah, cuz that's 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 really subtle. Yeah, that's really subtle. Moon's fake as well. Yeah, most flat earthers also believe the moon's fake. Do I know that's that's just a big assumption. Like, Me just lumps in every conspiracy theory. <laughs> you know, that's one. thing as well. You also think that like, the world's hollow. It's hollow. Oh my god! Yeah, we did do the hollow Earth theory, didn't yeah. we? Oh, throwback, cute. So anyway, oh. but all I'm saying is, I think this is um, this is just a grasp at relevancy. That's what I was trying to get at with that whole thing. Like, I don't believe in relevancy. I think it's stupid. But at the same time, I think that he has nothing else going for him. But, like, there are <laughs> other ways to be relevant. You don't have to... Yeah, but look how much he's... Like, we're talking about him on a podcast. Like, look how much recognition he's getting for it. And if people are giving to this GoFundMe, who's to say that he's actually going to use any of that money? Take that cash and run. No, exactly. He's probably just like, oh, man, I already bought my fifth gold yacht, and now I'm in debt. Damn it. I don't think he has five gold yachts. No, I don't think he does either. <laughs> that song Aeroplanes was a big hit, but it was a long time ago. So. What else was he in? What other songs he? I couldn't. I couldn't. Tell I could name one song Aeroplanes. You know what? I'm gonna look. Let me. Let me just look it up. Was he in a Bruno Mars song? I mean, everyone's in a Bruno Mars song. <laughs> I was, for all I know, in a Bruno Mars song. <laughs> you were in a Bruno Mars song. We're like, whoa, that is Will's in a suit dancing to Uptown Funk. That's so weird. I did not. Wow, huh? I mean, he has some like big, like. What are they? Give me. Well, a I can't. I, I don't know. I I don't even know the names. So, like I I don't know the actual song. Well, what are the names? You have airplanes, which has 156 million hits on Spotify. We know that one. Then you have headband with two chains. Is that ring any bells? Don't remember that one. Nothing on you, featuring Bruno Mars. That's what it was. Nothing on you, baby. Yeah, uh, not nothing yeah, on you, babe. babe. <laughs> nothing on you, babe. All right, so we're banging it out. And the other one's so good. So, so good. good, so good, so. No, it's not awesome. Apparently, it wasn't good enough. Okay. Was a better so good. Well, Ooh. anyway. Moving on. Well, we're done with this. We've talked about that Arden. for such a long time. What's our next segment? Okay, our next segment is uh, a part of... Yar! Let's, Let's go, go on, on a treasure, treasure hunt! <laughs> this week, we get to include a new segment that Will's very excited oh, about. Oh, this is my segment, people. My segment. If you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen that I have um, been tweeting about... Let's come around and say it. Treasure... <laughs> 
recently. <laughs> Me and Arden had this inside joke um, for like, a, I guess, a couple of years now where I'm obsessed with treasure hunting and just, just treasure in general. Uh, I'm playing like Uncharted, the new Uncharted game, like a couple months ago, and Arden couldn't stop hearing about my treasure obsession. It's it's like, you think that he's going to be satiated from the video game, because if you've ever played the Uncharted series, it's basically like Indiana Jones in a video game, and it's so fun because you get to be the treasure hunter. And so I thought, oh, this is great. Will will stop fucking talking about treasure hunting if he plays a treasure hunting game. Wrong. Then all he did was just look up treasures that have been undiscovered. Yeah. And like... I think you're more obsessed with James Cameron than ever just because he went on that deep sea dive and you're like obsessed listen, with listen, it. Listen, 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 listen. This is what James Cameron did, okay? James <laughs> okay, Cameron. Listen, listen. We are not making this whole podcast about treasure hunting. <laughs> Do not commandeer this podcast. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> James Cameron, my man, decided that he wanted to do some exploring, but in order to do some exploring, you need some cash. You need some dollar, 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 some pound, pound, pound. So uh, James Cameron made Titanic because he thought, well, oh, fuck it. Need some cash. Let's do this. Because so, that's what you do when you're about to make Titanic. Yeah. The top grossing film in the entire world. Well, now it's been, no, now it's been overshot by. Yeah. What? Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. Which he also made. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> You're like getting to my point. So James Cameron thought, well, I'm not going to become Indiana Jones without like a billion dollars. Yeah. So I'm going to make Titanic. After he made Titanic and Avatar, he just started deep sea exploring, didn't he? And now he's like one of the only people, if not like the only person in the world, he's like broken a record for being like the deepest human, like going like the deepest blow in the sea. Or something like that. Something crazy. Like, he was, like... He manned his own submarine. On a man... That's what it is. Yeah. It's a manned vessel. Yeah. He was one of the deepest... I want to say the deepest people, but that sounds like he's a really, like, introspective dude. Um, but yeah. that's how you do it, guys. So, if you're ever wondering, how can I become a treasure hunter? Make Titanic. Make Avatar. Then you're laughing. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you. Either way, thank you for um, completely commandeering the intro to this podcast. Um, so glad. We, we Honestly, we could do an entire episode about treasure hunting just for Will's sake. So, let us know if that's something that you want to do. So, there you go. So, uh, the first treasure... We're going to be talking about on this podcast is a notorious treasure. It's one that's been sorted after for a number of years, and it's called the Fen Treasure. Ooh. Is that right? The Fen Treasure. Yep, the Fen Treasure. Um, and this one is—I like this one because obviously you think about treasure as something that's like out in the middle of the open ocean. It's in the Atlantic. It's in Peru. You know what I mean? Like I think of these exotic locations. This one's in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, I, I guess like this is nice because. This is a little bit different to what you'd expect. It's a bit more local. And also the story behind it is actually really kind of sweet. Mm. Like, I feel like also a lot of treasure is like blood money. You know what I mean? Blood like, money. It's like blood treasure, like a pirate fight that or happened. Or doubloons. It's just doubloons. I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also doubloons. Yeah. Most treasures are doubloons. But I think this is actually also doubloons. It's gold nuggets and stuff. It's gold nuggets, it's okay. gold coins, and it's gems, <laughs> and people. And it's gems. But look, also a Romanesque chest. A bronze. <gasps> okay, wait, I'm not, sorry, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So I'm going to back it up a little bit, and I'm going to tell you the story, because I know you're going to have a lot to discuss. Please. And I feel like i got to have my voice heard just a little me. bit before you get really excited about it. Lay it on me. Okay, so basically, 86-year-old Forrest Finn hid treasure in the Rocky Mountains in 2010. He provided clues to its location, but it's still undiscovered. 
By the way, we're reading this article on UK Business Insider. Okay, so if you want to check this out, go search the Finn Treasure on Business Insider UK. Okay, so he's provided clues to its location, but it's still undiscovered. He hopes the hunt will encourage families to spend time outside together. So the interesting part of this is that the reason why he wanted to make this treasure is because at one point he was diagnosed with terminal kidney cancer in 1988. And he had this idea to leave behind clues, head on into the wilderness with a chest of treasure and a bottle of sleeping pills and die on his own terms. He basically wanted to be, oh my God, you know that trope of treasure hunting where you come across a skeleton like clutching a chest? Yeah. He wanted to be that. That is dope. How unbelievably dope is that? Like, even though it's very macabre and sad, it's also like, like, think about being the person to discover that. That's how I want to die. Because you bet your ass when I'm dying, <laughs> I'm leading a series of clues <laughs> to a treasure all the way in Peru. We're going to the Atlantic Ocean. We're going up in the sky. I don't know how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. Oh my God. On the moon. Mars. The Mars treasure. <gasps> oh my God. When you die, it's going to be epic. You're No, you're going to wrangle me into doing something with it. You're going to make me set it up. Anyways, moving on. Okay. The, the good part about this, though, is that his plans kind of got put on hold because a couple years later, he went into remission, which is crazy because he was diagnosed with terminal kidney cancer. Very good news. Yeah. So good for him. That's so great. Um, but when the Great Recession hit, his mind turned back to the thought of a treasure hunt. Yes. Which I think is... So sweet. This is um, something that he said, and this is a, an, a quote that Finn gave to Business Insider. There seemed to be despair everywhere. I wanted to give people some hope and something to believe in. How sweet is that? Like, instead of making it his, like, dying wish, he was like, no, you know what? The American people, people across the world, they need something to believe in. Yeah. So I'm still going to take my treasure and put it out in the middle of the Rockies and give someone something to look for. I love that. You know, in in a world, I guess in a world at the moment where we know everything, or we, we think we know everything, and we have a scientific answer or a, an answer for anything, it's nice that there are things like this, which are a mystery, and, you know, we haven't found, yeah. and there are out there. And I guess that's why I love just the idea of treasure and things that have been lost and things that haven't been found and things about our past that haven't been found, because, like, it is... You know, if if all these things are out there, it's like an exciting thing. Like it's something which you can still hold hope in. Yeah, and you can't just like you can't just get now. Everything you can just get like that is one thing. It's just it's a mystery. It's a complete mystery. And everything in a world where everything is solved, a mystery is a good thing. I yeah, think. and it's special. It's something special. Like mm. if you're the person that finds it, it's spe it's like something exciting and it's special. I love that. I agree with that. Will you say that a lot? So I think that maybe that's part of the reason why you love treasure hunting so much is because you love something undiscovered. Mm. Um, so the treasure has been previously estimated to be worth about $2 million. This man is not keeping this money. He literally put it out to be found $2 million of his own money. So cool. He used to be an art dealer in, uh, Santa Fe. That's, that's where he got all of his money. Um, and then he was also a pilot in the Vietnam war, which is crazy. So cool. So he's done so much in his life. He's had, had so much adventure that it's so cool that he like wants to instill adventure into other people. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why I'm really glad that we get to talk about this today. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go back up and, and we're going to read what he actually put in the boxes. So on his first journey, 
the art dealer carried with him a bronze Romanesque chest. So that alone, I don't know how much that is worth. Not like a bronze Romanesque chest. That's like an ancient treasure. That's what's even better. It's like there is also just like ancient treasure. It's not just like money. No. It's like ancient treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the second trip, he brought a backpack filled with gold coins. There's your doubloons. Gold nuggets and gems. Finn says he filled the chest with the valuables and stashed it all somewhere in the massive mountain range. Wow, isn't that crazy that no one's found it? No, and it says in the years since, thousands have tried to find the treasure, according to NPR. At least one person has died in the search. Like, people wow. have died to I find the treasure. I wonder where it is. But, I mean, he couldn't be... I mean, I wonder if he's, like, a big rock climber and stuff. I wonder if he, like, was able to get up to a place where, like, the general population isn't able to go up to. See, I don't know. that's something that a lot of people have questioned because he's 86 years old. And, like... But he did this in the... When did he do this? He did this in the... the 80s and 90s, right? Yes, yeah, so, but he must have been, like, still, like, in his 60s yeah. when he was doing this. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he... I mean, unless he was a really yeah. fit guy yeah. to begin with. It's not like he could really go anywhere that a normal person couldn't go yeah. so it makes you think like the person that died i mean i don't know the circumstances of it but like mountains are obviously a, a deadly treacherous thing to climb mm-hmm. um but i mean he couldn't have been you know putting it all the way up to the top you know what's interesting though he says that no one will happen upon the treasure they will have to figure out the clues before they can find it so he's like not surprised that no one has found it he like he is very convinced that it's going to take figuring out all the clues for someone to, That's be able to get there. It's probably like really like specific, like under this thing or under that thing. Well, let's see. So he has, it's nine, I think there are nine hints. Fenner has yep. confirmed four of the nine clues have been solved and that the searchers have been within 200 feet of the treasure. How? I wonder how he knows that. Because he must, he must track it. Because I'm sure that people who go to hunt for it, they probably have blogs and stuff that they're like you know, posting about. Like, I don't know who the person was, but he probably had someone go, yeah, I was up around this rock or, oh, I was over here. And he's like, oh, dude, that was like 200 feet away from the treasure. Dude, 200 feet away from the treasure. How mad would you be? Can you imagine if you like, well, I guess you probably wouldn't even tell those people, right? Because there must be what, like hundreds of people trying to look for this thing. Oh, for sure. And there's, there's obviously a group of people or one person that's 200 feet away from it. But I bet he didn't even tell that person. No, no. He's just trolling them. He's like, well... You got close. (laughs) Close? Wait. He's also a prospector now, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But also, look at this. He survived his illness and waited until he was 79 or 80 to hide the treasure. So he was, like, old when he he buried this. The most recent was... Okay, wow. So listen to this. So the most recent person that went missing was Randy Bilyeu. Billia. <laughs> hey. Uh, Randy Billia, who went missing in January 2016 and was later found dead in July of that year. So oh, my some God. Some guy died in the summer of last year trying to find this fucking thing. Oh, my God. You know what, baby? This is what you need to do. You need to go and you look, because he's written books about this. He's written two books about this. So you need to read all of his books, and then we need to build our fortune off of finding this treasure. Listen, hun. We're finding this treasure. Whoa, look how many books there are. There's... Three, four, five, six. There's nine books. Look, look, look. All these people have made books like how to find Forrest Fenn's treasure. But then, but then they actually haven't found yeah, it. Yeah, how to, you didn't find it. Why would you write a book about how to find it if you're not the one that's going to go find it? If you really think that you've got the, like, the tips and tricks to go find a $2 million treasure, you wouldn't write a book about it, would you? Yeah. You'd keep that to yourself. I'm not reading those books. I'm reading the ones by him. 
Because, look, he's written two books are about we, it. Are we not going to go find it? We are absolutely... We're going on, on an expedition we, to find this. We are absolutely going to go find this. I want to know what the clues are, don't you? Yeah. I, I mean, I quite like how tangible it is as well, this treasure. You know, usually you hear one which is like, you know, it's in an ancient city or it's at the bottom of the sea, like, and it's hidden in this thing. Like, where, like this is just right by Montana, by Wyoming, near Colorado. It could be in any of those states along the Rockies. Like... It's there. Yeah. And he's given you the clues to find it, and it exists. Yeah. I mean, okay, so the New York Times reported that Finn has provided a few more hints about the treasure's location. Apparently, the spot where the chest is hidden, I love that it's a chest. I can't get over (laughs) the fact that it's an actual treasure chest, is hidden. It's higher than 5,000 feet above sea level and at least 8.25 miles north of Santa Fe. Okay. Oh, Fen urges search to take safety precautions while searching for the chest. Interesting. You also encourage them to enjoy the journey rather than focusing solely on the goal of discovering the fortune. Wow. So I guess safety precautions indicates that maybe you do need to, you know, maybe be able to climb or... Maybe. I mean, here's the thing. It seems like almost part of me, I know this is like a disgusting thing to say, but what if he just lied? (laughs) Yeah, he's just trolling. Yeah, what if he just said he had a treasure up in the... And he just lied. He was just sitting there like... <laughs> you know what he should have done? He should have taken photos of it so he could be like, look, this is the treasure I put out. Yeah, but that's providing... Evidence. Evidence. That's true, because people like would analyze that photo. People yeah. would analyze that photo. But it's interesting because he says, I wanted to give the kids something to do. They spend too much time in the game room or playing with their little handheld texting machines. That's me describing a cell phone. Uh, I hope parents will take their children camping and hiking in the Rocky Mountains. I hope they'll fish, look for fossils, turn rotten logs over to see what's under them, and look for my treasure. He's such a sweet guy. I want to be best friends with him. But that's interesting because if he's talking about kids and families finding it, then it can't be that treacherous. It can't be like a... I don't think it's like a... like. He was like 80 when he buried it. So there's four clues. There's nine, there's, there's there's nine, nine clues. clues in total. Four clues. Four clues. Four clues. <laughs> four clues have been solved. So there's five more which haven't been found yet. Yeah. So I guess I know what I'm doing. You're going to go. You're going to go try to figure it out. Okay, on today, like the news. All right, so it's one poem that has all nine clues. So, yes. So there's, okay. Oh, oh. So Thrill of the Chase is a self-published autobiography. And in the autobiography, he gives the nine clues. Wow. So... He has this whole poem. I won't read the whole thing, but it's like, it's very interesting. Begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk. Put it below the home of Brown. From there, it's no place for the meek. The end is drawing ever nigh. There'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. Interesting. Wow. Oh my gosh. What if a bunch of people have found it? But when they go and find it, they realize that the joy of treasure hunting was the actual treasure, and they just leave the treasure for someone else. To <laughs> That's never going to happen. <laughs> That's such a nice thought. But, like, if I'm finding that treasure, you bet I'm running down that mountain with it. I'm buying myself a quad bike. Quad bike? Really? That's where you go with two, $2 million? You go with a quad bike? Okay. I mean, you know, it's... Or you or a yacht. I don't know how much a yacht cl- costs, but I feel like you get a yacht. I feel like I could get a good yacht for like a million dollars. Solid yacht. Yeah. Invest the rest of it. Yeah. We're so gross. We're like ruining. <laughs> we're ruining the beauty of this treasure hunt. Okay, so we've been talking about treasure hunting for way too long. 
like way too long. But I hope this was a nice taste for you guys. If you guys like this segment, please let us know. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys if you're enjoying this. Definitely go and tweet us um, or Instagram me. I would love to to hear what you thought. But we really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> we love going on our treasure hunt. So let's do a segue into our uh, next segment. Hey, we all feel weird sometimes. And that's the segment that we do on the show. Typically at the end of the show, that is all things... All things asked by you guys. All things Q&A related. Mm-hmm. And it's a cute time. It seems like we have a lot of stuff about long-distance questions. I'm sure people are understanding that we are or, are, or were or still are in a long-distance relationship. Yeah, We do... <laughs> yes, queen. Queen of long-distance relationships. Uh, somehow we make it work. Partially because we are willing to cut our wallets in half to see each other. So that's helpful. Yes. Very expensive. Very expensive relationship. Very expensive. You better be worth it, baby. Did I call you baby? Gross. <laughs> that was actually That awful. was the grossest you thing. You better be worth it, baby. You better be worth it, baby. Oh my god, we're so gross. I hate us. Um, but either way, uh, let's answer one about long distance. This is from Sarah. What's up, Sarah? Hello, Sarah. How you doing? Um, Sarah says, help. I've fallen for someone who lives in a closet, and I can't get up. Oh, I see. The, the, auditorily, you can't understand this joke, but it's a very funny joke. It's related to that that meme of grandmas falling over and can't they can't get up. It's it's not worth okay. explaining. Continue. Um, I recently got into a relationship with the most incredible guy slash my best friend, and I can see us being together for a long time. We were only a few hours apart, which I know is not London plus LA, but we are still mega busy college students and can only see each other once every two or three weeks. I trust him a lot, and thus, it's luckily not a jealousy thing I have with the distance, but I do need some help with communication stuffs. I do hate texting all day, but sometimes that's just the most convenient thing for us. So yeah, my formal question is, when you're apart, how do you guys keep the love, she emphasized love, alive, and how much do you set a time for communication, as you both have your separate lives going on? Any little tips on how to make an LDR work that worked for you? Balancing, respecting each other's space slash schedules, but still keeping in contact sort of thing? Much love, Sarah C. Um, okay, so she's basically saying, this dude. How do you keep the magic when the magic... How to keep the magic how when you can't the magic make magic. When you can't make magic. Together. Mm. We're talking about that hanky-panky. That happy slappy, which is something that Megan Hughes that said in her latest awful. video. That is my favorite. The happy slappy. Oh, no. Stop. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Um, maybe it's less... I mean, sure. I'm sure part of this has to do with sex. So I think what she's saying is um, she doesn't really love texting, which is something that I experience quite a bit but she really likes this guy and so she's trying to figure out a way to set aside communication while also not compromising their separate lives Com yes yes compromising everything yes the magic included okay so what could you say about that well you're a horrific texter <laughs> thanks well i mean it's not like there's even an insult it's fact uh, i don't like texting it's one of my least favorite things i don't find it fun yeah but it's kind of necessary, isn't that? Totally. I mean, and we do while we're apart, but we're also like full yeah. in on our relationship. We've been dating for like two and a half years. Yeah. So it's a little bit different because now we don't feel like we have to talk all the time, even though we still do. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. we also do a lot of FaceTiming and Skyping and that sort of thing. And that comes with its own irritations. I'm assuming they're already doing the Skype game. Skype game strong. Skype game is always the the main game. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that's like what we do all the time. So, Sarah, if you're not doing the Skype or the FaceTime, we do FaceTime more than Skype right now. Um, but we switch whenever one, whenever one of them gets too shitty and one of us gets angry. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that true? Um, I suppose, like, we try and do, like... A variation of different things. I feel like we've got it down to a fine art now. <laughs> because, you know. I like if it's a fine art and not a, like a fine science. Like, like it's not mathematical, it's beautiful. It is. It is an art, <laughs> how, how we make it work. Um, well, we play a lot of video games together. That's true. Um, we went through a stage of playing a lot of like, PC, Mac games. I say mm-hmm. PC, I mean Mac. Just Not politically correct games? Just, just general <laughs> games. Uh, okay. We played... Portal together, which was a lot of fun. I'm suggesting games if you're into that. You might not be into playing games with each other, but yeah. I feel like that's something we did, and that was a lot of fun because it killed a lot of time as well. It did. Like we would play Portal for like three or four hours a day together. And then we played. We, played, we dabbled in Minecraft. We still dabble in Minecraft. We tried with Minecraft. We we still play it when we're together now. Because we have a we have a uh, like a server or like a world which we like created dip, together. Did mm-hmm. back into mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. It's like our own mini Inception yeah. that made that world. So true. And then we've got a castle in it. It's beautiful. It's and just, wolves. It's oh. incredible. You know, honestly, you guys need to see it. Honestly, we should, like, do something with that. We should do a tour of our Minecraft yeah. world. Anyway. That would be great. So, oh, wow. We are gross. Yeah. Um, so we did that. And then now we play a lot of Overwatch together. Yeah, we love um, Overwatch. We play on PlayStation. I actually look forward to long distance sometimes because I get to play Overwatch with yeah, you. Yeah. I love Overwatch. Because otherwise we don't, like, well, we're with each other, we don't really get to play because we like playing with each other. So it's yeah. kind of difficult. You don't really want to take turns on Overwatch. You want to play with your people. So, um, so yeah, video games, if you're into that. And you- Uno. <laughs> We play a lot of Uno. We so, did that, like, twice. No, we did it, like, five times. Did we? Yeah. I, like, when I was young, I used to play Uno on Xbox. <laughs> and by the way, guys, Uno, I know it's a card game, but if you play it digitally on Xbox or PlayStation, it is a fun time. <laughs> Arden, for long as a time, refused to play it because she thought it was stupid. Anyway, I convinced her to play it. And you had a great time, didn't you? It was admittedly pretty fun. Because <laughs> you make characters out of the people you that play you play online with. with people, and you just mess with everyone. Yeah, you just fuck shit up the entire time. It's really fun. You're like skipping everyone left and right. <laughs> You're reversing everyone. Giving everyone like twenty cards. Yes. Oh my god, it's so much fun. You make enemies with the people who have like the really bad like usernames and stuff. Yeah. You're like, if I ever see them again, I'm like, I'm gonna be so pissed if I'm keeping up with that person. So yeah, that's the that's one of the main things we do. And that's more like because part of our problem is that our time zones are so different. So our downtimes, like, we have to try to coordinate them and spend valuable time together. Since you guys are both college students, I mean, I, a lot of times when I call Will, sometimes I'll make him, like, help me with my lines when I need to learn lines for an audition or something like that. So maybe also, like, studying together on Skype or whatever. That can be really fun because it's like you're spending time together in, like, a coffee shop, but you're doing it from the comfort of your dorm room. Yeah. Anything where you can kind of participate in daily activities together almost. It's like you can make it the new normal. Like even if I'm studying and I don't necessarily want to talk to Will or I'm like emailing or whatever, I'll keep you up on Skype just so we can like both feel like we're connected. Yeah. So if that's something that you guys are comfortable with, maybe it's one of those things where you just leave your camera on and just kind of like hang out and do your day and like check in every now and then. But if someone has to go, it's like not a big deal and you don't have to like – worry about uncomfortable silence because you get used to it real quick yeah and i think 
The other thing we do, which I feel like has worked for us, is we pick a time every day, whether that's my morning or your morning, whatever the hell it is, and then we, like, outline what we're meant to be doing for the day. So, like, each person knows what the other person's doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it gets kind of weird and distant when you don't know what the person's doing or you haven't spoken to them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't speak to them on FaceTime, you just having an idea of, like... What their schedule What they're just like. doing yeah. is like a like a kind of a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Cause then you just feel like you're involved and then like you know, like if people ask you like, Oh, what's how's Arden, what's she doing like what's she up to? And you're like, Oh, she's doing this, this, this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. So like I think that is a more is like kinda of like a safety blanket in a way. Yeah. No, but I know what you mean. That's so true. Because you'll ask me about that sometimes or I'll ask you. It's normally like right when I wake up in the morning, we'll have like a quick call. And you'll be like, what are you up to today? And I'm like, oh, I have this going on. I have to go get groceries and then I have to do this. Um, I think around two o'clock, I'll be free for a couple hours if you're around. Like yeah. that sort of thing. And then, you know, once you kind of time out all that stuff. I think also it just shows that you care if you're like asking about what the other person is doing that day and being involved. Like that is a that kind of communication is a show of love because you are involved in their life, even if you're far away. Um, yeah, and it means so yeah. when you iMessage or, like, you know, WhatsApp, where it is, like, in the day, you can just check up on, like, things like, how's that going or how's this going? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it just means that you're just more connected to that person. Yeah. Um, Even when I get done with something, like, I'm a couple times, I keep saying auditions. It sounds like I go on so many auditions, <laughs> but I really fucking don't. But most of the time, once I finish an audition, I know to call you because you'll, like, text me anyway mm. to be like, how's it going? And so I'll call you and be like, oh, it was really good, da, 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 da. Even if it's, like, a five-minute conversation, it's just like, yep, everything's good. Okay, bye. Like, yeah. and it doesn't have to be, like, clingy or obnoxious or whatever, but it's just an understanding that, like, if something exciting is happening in the day or whatever, like, treat that person like your best friend because it sounds like you have the same relationship where this guy that you're seeing is like your best friend. Treat them like a best friend and call them whenever you feel like something interesting is going on. No, not just texting. Yeah. The other thing which I think is just as important probably the most important thing is like having a date like set yourself a date for when you're going to see each other again mm-hmm. um, give yourself something to look forward to yeah because and then you can like go about your day and you, you or go about your weeks and you have an idea of what you can achieve and get done before you need to leave and also you can like kind of count not count down the days because that sounds really sad and depressing but like but you do effectively just like count down the days and just Get excited be, about be it. Be more aware of it. Yeah, because there, if there isn't a date and you're, like, waiting to see that person, you're like, oh, okay, I'll see you in a month. But, like, there is no date and it just kind of keeps changing and moving. Mm-hmm. And there's no firm, like, date that I think it gets, like, kind of gross. Yeah. And I know you guys are only a few hours away and you guys are at, at college. But, like, if it's something where it's like, oh, I have this big test on Friday, but Saturday next week I'm free... Are you yeah. free? And that person can be like, yes, no, maybe so, whatever. And then once you set that date, then you can be like, yay, can't wait. Like, yeah. write it on your calendar, excited, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because I feel like on, I follow on Reddit, the long distance subreddit, which mm-hmm. is like kind of interesting. And one of the big things like people always do is they have like an app with a date, which shows like a date. So everyone like check in and like it counts down. That's like, cute. A schedule. That's sweet. Do you know what the app's called? Uh, I'm not sure. I'll check into it. But if you guys are looking for more tips and stuff. If you go into the subreddit, long distance, our long distance on Reddit, uh, they should give you some tips. They should give you some more tips. 
they also have like stuff like apps like i think there's like a mega thread full of like random like games and things you can play mm, that's cool there's yeah there's stuff on iphone i think you can play there like, is there's yeah. like long distance games that you can play on iphone and stuff where you just connect over wi-fi so like things like that even if you're bored in between classes and like you wanted to get like a quick game on your iphone with that other person just like do some research on all of that because i know that you can probably find that all on the subreddit yeah so yeah good place to go r slash long distance right yes but either way, thank you for that question, Sarah. That was very sweet of you. And I hope we helped in some way. And good luck with your beautiful, wonderful relationship. Uh, that's about going to do it for us. Yep. But uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this video. Video, wow. We hope you guys enjoyed this recording, this podcast yes. episode. Once again, if you guys have any suggestions for the podcast, if you guys are enjoying it, please feel free to give us a rating on iTunes. Um, uh, leave a little comment on the rating and or tweet us at Will Derbyshire and at Arden Rose. Yes. If you want us to answer any of your questions. And uh, yeah. Cool. That's about it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.